Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, welcome to Going Off Track. Hi, I'm Benny. I'm Brad. And we are in the basement of A Bar in Greenpoint. That's uh, true. So thank you to them. A Space Bar. Wait, yes. should we tell you? Greenpoint's in Brooklyn. In Brooklyn. It's right New above York. Williamsburg. To get off the train, look for all the fancy places and tourists, and then yeah. walk that way. John, and did he, you know that if you took Brooklyn out of New York City, it would be the seventh largest city in America? I did not know that. I didn't know it's big, though. Seventh might not be the real number, but it's around there. Can yeah. I can I tell you another f- fun fact about yes, please, Brooklyn? Please. So whenever this, I don't know when this was, but whenever the centennial of the Brooklyn Bridge was, mm. I think it was like twenty years ago or something. But at that point in time, something like fifteen percent of all Americans had lived or lived in Brooklyn. Huh. I believe that. I gotta look that up because it's a fun fact. It makes sense. Yeah, that is it. Yeah, I believe it. Half of my family. Yeah, there you Love go. It. There we go. Brad, you got to come with harder numbers. You know what I mean? <laughs> I know that's a pretty like, lame. I threw, out, I, threw, <laughs> I threw out the seventh, not even knowing it was correct, <laughs> but just to really sound yeah, confident. That's you know? all you got to do. Just, sound yeah, confident. Act as if, man. I don't know okay. what I'm talking about half the time. Oh no, yeah, nobody's no, most of the time. I'm just faking it. Uh, yeah. I literally just know a bunch of big words. I yeah. just don't even know what I'm saying. I don't know what you're saying either. Mellifulous. <laughs> Today on the podcast, we have a friend, Some another big friend, words. former former guest host, uh, Chris Norris, Chris a- Norris, okay, Steak Mountain, um, who has just published a book that comes out on Valentine's Day or came out on Valentine's Day, and it is called Hunchback Eighty Eight. Yeah, um, and we talk about it a lot on here. And if it sounds interesting to you, you should buy it support chris and this is a great podcast to listen to yes because why do you think so benny because that guy benny talks so much in it it dives <laughs> it dives super deep into things i like talking about yeah yes. which is the general is, nature of humanity and trying to figure this out that kid has thought a lot about it yes he's sort of narrowed down exactly the way he feels about it and i find people like that fascinating and he's very secure in his identity he is, he is. i kept trying almost like find cracks yeah. in it i'm like i'm like what piece of childhood trauma caused this or something you know like that's the but no he, nah. just, he seems very comfortable and what i'm very impressed yes very impressed and you impressed. found you sound very smart in this podcast i, I do guess. i really felt like you would really like you, you were bringing it yo i have failed out of three colleges never would never know it my friend. you'd never know it um <laughs> So yeah, so yeah, let's get into it right now with cool. um, our friend Chris Norris. It's going on yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, maybe man. that's like the future show going is like the new Alamo movie theaters and stuff, uh-huh. where like yeah. you can just sit 
and get like mozzarella sticks and shit like that while you see bands. Think of all the times you I'd kind of be out. into that actually for some bands. <laughs> I would probably go to shows again. Like <laughs> sitting <laughs> bands? Like if I went to see the National, yeah. no issue chilling, eating some mozzarella sticks. No, please. Just like <laughs> for them coming to me, like bringing me a couple drinks. I need a mattress Easy. to see that band. Yeah. I would go, I would have a full meal <laughs> for them. Wait, what would you have? I need a mattress. <laughs> but if you're eating, yeah. if it's like a cocktail bar style, yeah. do those places still exist where you have to like three drink minimum just to go and like sit? Uh, wait, um, in Vegas. It, yeah. I mean, for comedy shows, it's still the model. Still, right? Yeah. 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 I remember I had to do that to see George Carlin when yeah. I was a kid. Yeah. You saw Carlin? I did see Carlin. How have we never talked about that? Are we man. rolling? <laughs> Tell me we're rolling. Club Benet in New Jersey. Wow. It was the jamming in New York. It was the one after jamming in New York, but he was do, but he was doing like all that all those bits from jamming in New York. Was this York. post Bill and Ted? Yeah, 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 I think so. Maybe not Bogus Journey. I don't know when Bogus Journey came out. And he's still early nineties. Yeah, that's like ninety two. Yeah. before when left. did God gave rock and roll to you come out? Because that they were congruous. Oh yeah, the makeup was off. <laughs> Shit. I don't know. Bogus Journey's ninety one, man. Dude, that movie fucked me up a little bit. Bogus like, Journey. Some of the scenes in Bogus Journey, like the where he popped his eye out and stuff. No, the one scene that I still remember is the hell scene where he's like going through the hallway with all the little doors and he's kind of trapped. The Easter Bunny. Very much freaked me out when I was a kid. I was like, shit, if hell's like that, I don't want to go there. Did you watch Seems bad. Alex Winter's that do- um, documentary on the dark web? No, no. It's pretty interesting. I, He's I, really into it. Yeah, what does it. he do? He made he got really involved in technology and like researching the dark web and made he's have re- he's done a couple podcasts about it and he made a whole documentary about it. Wait, give me like B and C because to me, I just went from bogus journey to documentaries in the dark web. That's like the last time I heard of Alex Winter. I doing think that's anything. kind of like the <laughs> last anyone heard of him doing. Oh, stuff. okay. So yeah. he's just been doing his thing. Yeah. and then reappeared. Yeah, and Keanu Reeves has just been not aging. Well, that's true too. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, that's because well, he did Freak. Did you guys remember Freak? Oh, I remember Freak. Yeah, yeah. That's after rem- Bogus. That was after. I yeah. don't remember that. Freak is Alex Winter's only uh, movie that he directed. I think. And yeah. It's Pretty over Whacked. the top, yeah. like wacky. Yeah. yeah, had a lot of uh, the prosthetics. And, yeah, prosthetics. It's like um, yeah. it's like the Dark Backward. Did you ever see that with Jed Nelson? No, it's kind of like a it's a freak show movie. Basically. Okay, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Both of them are just kind of like really odd. So he's getting into some movies. weird stuff already. Yeah, and then I heard I had a friend of who was close with him. I think actually maybe it was the guy who did the first Stake Mountain website. Like he helped me design it, and he was friends with them. And he basically said that he was just poor living in like a really small apartment in the lower east side really just like just trying to looking for work trying to do voiceover work and things like that huh so that's sad yeah no it's, it is it's amazing <clears throat> to think the people who are probably still making money on bill and ted's yep. and alex winter's not yeah. yeah and then that but then that talk that comes up every couple of years where they're like let's do another bill and ted he's probably like oh, yeah I'm yeah, in. yeah. <laughs> that would be amazing yes Keanu's please like no yeah, yeah i'm plugged into the matrix yeah sorry I can't. sorry i'm making like just weird kung fu movies for no reason and whatever else. I mean, obviously the John Wick movies, but you know. John Wicks are pretty entertaining. <clears throat> they're great. Yeah. Yeah. Are they fun. yeah, yeah. They're no, fun. No, no. They're, yeah, they're fun. The second one's a little too long, but, um, but in general, they're very tight. Well done. DTV movies. They're like movies that you would see on like Showtime in the nineties that would never get a theatrical debut. 
you know, they'd always end up, they'd have like Don the Dragon Wilson yeah, or yeah. like, you know, Jeff, Jeff uh, Speakman or people like that in it. And then you'd be like, oh, cool. I'm just going to sit there and just watch this dude fuck up people. That's all it is. I'm, okay. I'm going to take yeah. a shot in the dark here because I think you're the type of guy who can answer this question God, eloquently. So. <laughs> Our guest today, who we haven't introduced yet. <laughs> yeah, we're we're going to introduce it in the intro. You can just fade in. Uh, so, so anyways, anyways, the person talking who isn't me or Benny or Brad <laughs> is Chris Norris. Yay! Yes. Yay. AKA Stick Mountain, yep. AKA. That's it. Been guy very, wearing all black. Very patient yep. with and our rambling. And the pressing thing I'm dying to know from Chris Norris is, can I please have a diehard one through six ranking of personal favorites? <laughs> Which one has Franco Nero in it? The second one? Yes. Okay. So two. Two. Okay. Icicle in the eye. Yeah. Yeah. Franco Fine. Nero. If Franco Nero is your bad guy, right? I, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Then, then two. One. Because it is a very lean but strangely long classic. Yeah. Strangely. It's really weirdly long. It has a part in the film you think they're getting to the end. Yeah. And then there's quite a bit more. And you're yeah. like, oh, oh, wait, we're still going. So they actually ganked what it would be just like the future model for action films where you're like, <laughs> right, right. why is this action film two hours and 20 minutes yeah. long? <laughs> yeah. Doesn't need to be. They left the lethal weapon model. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. Just 88 minutes. We're good. A bit. I know. They <laughs> yeah. had it down. You know, but. Um, All right. So we got two one. Well, and I don't rank those new ones at all because they're just they're not in they're, they're not in really you know? yeah because what good are they i gotta be honest <clears throat> i felt live free or die hard is that the jai courtney one was in uh in russia i'm not i'm not sure who the actor is just well who's when which one has got justin long in it that was the one before okay which right. i hate that is clearly number six for yeah me, yeah like that's by far pretty bad yeah but i'd like you to visit live free or die hard the newest Right. of them i believe it's six yeah straight in within about five minutes john mcclane is in russia nice he has already met his estranged son <laughs> and he's already in conflict with basically every armed russian in russia <laughs> mm-hmm. and says his catch line in the first five minutes uh which was I think I'm not even supposed to be here today or something. something <laughs> One of those ones. He threw it out. And this all happens within the first five. And I think it's under 90 minutes. That's good. I'd like you to re- I'd like you to visit it. I'll look at it because Jai Courtney's a hard one for me. Who's the other guy in the movie? Because they keep on trying to make that dude He's something. He's an avatar guy, right? No, that's um, Sam Worthington. Oh, Worthington. Yeah. Jai Courtney's another Australian actor who they keep on giving chances to that. You're like, well, who are you? Just stop. <laughs> Wait, what do what? I know that guy from? Uh, he was in Suicide Squad. Um, okay. as the beer drinking idiot in that one of the suicide squad. And then past that, <clears throat> I don't know. I've okay. seen him in things where I'm just like, who's this fool? Just stop. Like, stop. is he handsome? Is they no, he's actually like handsome, but he's like potato handsome. Uh, like what, okay. you, what you can see inside of it is a future where he's going to struggle with weight. Like Russell Crowe style. Oh, right, right, right. You know, you're like, like, he's pushing already. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But right now he's fit. Shirt comes off. Sure. You're like, Oh, for now. Okay, for yeah. now. Once you, the 30s hit. But he's got a potato head. Oh, so you're just like, coming. oh, I see where this is going. You're just waiting. And I'm so sorry, son. Um, I hope that you make your money or at least get a good Australian TV job. Yeah, right, when they right. When you just fail hair and they're like, you're sure. just making action films there. I think you, know? you could get away with like like a poor body in Australia better oh, than you could you in can. the States. Like, That's aren't they England's the poorliest like country in the world now? Australia? I don't know. The poorliest? Portliest. <laughs> 
Portlaus. <laughs> yes, Portlaus. They can't. They can't be worse than us. No, I think they, they can't won be now. worse than us. I think they won. The last really? time I saw. Is your Google machine working? <laughs> Can you Google's the the Portlaus <laughs> Portlaus country? In the it's world? like and then. <laughs> Sorry, Australia. I'm Googling. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Australia now. I mean, they do eat like shit. I've been there a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I it's mean, basically they... some version of British food. Yep. So they still eat like crap. Come on. <laughs> this is really weird. Wait, what came up? Cook Islands. Where the hell is that? <laughs> Cook Islands is a port list place in the world. <laughs> it's number one. It's islands. It's probably owned by what? The Dutch or something? Followed by Qatar, <laughs> Palu. Nauru. Right, what, what list did Kuwait? you stumble upon? <laughs> Stop it. This is not the list. Yeah. Oh, it's PH. No, I'm just kidding. Wait, what's PH? This says United States is eight. Wow. Eight. Yeah, we're definitely top ten. Um, I mean, you got guys like Jonah. Jonah's just very fit. <laughs> he's svelte. You think he's just skinny, and then he posts those yoga pictures, and you're like, oh, shit, Jonah's got some cut. Yeah. Right? Yeah, little... I mean, it's all, it's all yoga. You know, it's a lot of... A lot of arm balancing, a lot mm-hmm. of jumping around. Did you ever think mm-hmm. you were going to be ripped in your life? I bet you didn't. I mean, I'm not ripped like I don't have like a six pack. You're pretty cut up. You look great, bud. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, <laughs> work's been slow, so I have a lot of time to dedicate to self-care. Um, That's what the holidays are for. Th- yeah. Yes, yeah. that is yeah. true. Yeah. Um, and Chris, think, yes. speaking of dedicating a lot of time to something. Oh, here we go. You just nice. wrote a book I called did. Hunchback 88. Yes. And you've been working on it for a very long time because I feel like you sent me a draft of this years ago. I did. I did. Can you um, talk about it a little bit? Okay. So <laughs> uh, Hunchback 88 is a horror book because novel doesn't sound right that I've been writing for it's on and off for six, seven years. When was 2009? Oh, like eight years ago. Okay. Nearly Wait. nine. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. It's 2018. Yeah. 2007? Yeah. Wait. Wait. 2007 was 11 years ago. No, okay, so not that long. 2000, what did I say? 2000, you said nine. 2009. Yeah, 2009. Around 2009, it started. Okay. And it was more um, me just uh, fucking around with just ideas and just writing, things you would never show anybody, but uh, I love movies, which I've probably talked about on here a million times before. So it, was, it started like just like movie ideas that I had been writing down. And then I kind of kept that stuff. And then years later, after uh, I worked at Kink for a little while and I'd kind of experienced writing pieces for that and coming up with scenarios, uh, I was like, why don't I just take a crack at writing scripts? Scripts I'll never show anybody, movies I'll never make because I don't have any ambition, right? So, you know, (laughs) just like, can I do it? What kind of movie would I write if I wrote a horror uh, movie or if I wrote a Western or a a thriller or anything? So it was really just like a self-challenge. Yeah, it was. And I had this this job when I came back to New York where I didn't have to do anything all day. Similar to almost what I have now, but it was very different because I was in a room alone just waiting for uh, photo shoots to happen so that I could pack gear. So they just were like, okay, come in at nine and leave at five and we don't care what you do. Right, right, right. You just got to be here. And, and then they were bit, they weren't busy. So there'd be whole stretches of, I just come in every day and be like, all right, I guess I'll watch a movie and work on some Sounds fucking like the shitty. Best job ever. It was amazing. <laughs> you know, I'll work on a movie. I'll watch a movie. I'll work on some fucking shitty against me art. And then maybe I'll write, <laughs> you know what I mean? And so that's how like I spent three years doing that. Like, and when I came back to New York after San Francisco in, uh, in 2012. So I had all this time to like, really kind of just be like, okay, well, these are like office hours. These like steak mountain office hours. And so then I was like, all right, well, I wrote, and I wrote, um, I wrote like about five movies 
And then in that, I was like, I'll never make these. And I, and I did the thing where I was just like, well, are they any good? What so are we then, talking about length here? Like these are full length. Yeah. Like night, like 90 movies. minute wow. features. You know, like features. Yeah. Wow. You know, which like, but probably poor in their quality. But I took like one of them and I started doing just like the, the rounds of, uh, submitting them to places who, where people read them and things like that. Sundance, slam dance, the Nichols thing that happens with the Oscars just to see, you know, it was like, sure. to do it, you know, are these actually any good or am I actually just dreaming, you know? And, um, and the, and the, the things that came back were, uh, what I thought would be typical, whatever, just stop directing in your script. Cause I was just writing for me. So I was writing full descriptions, you know, right. like if I was to direct it, right. I'd put everything in it. Cause I, these are all my ideas. Yeah. This person would walk in at this time and all this dumb shit that you don't put in scripts. Really. Sure, sure. You know, you don't need to do that because you're hopefully just going to sell it and buy a house and walk the fuck away you know, yeah. and hope you get another job. So anyways, I took one of those eventually because people came back and they're like, the writing is fine actually, but you're, it's either too violent or too sexual or you don't have a three-act structure because I, I realized that as much as I love movies, I don't really give a fuck about a three-act narrative. Mm. You know what I mean? For me, like a movie's a free fall. They kick you off the ledge and once you hit the bottom, that's the end. Right. I don't care... <laughs> If somebody doesn't have a story, but the visuals look good, or there's something uh, that is driven inside of it that makes you just want to watch, right. I don't care if there's a climax. I don't care if I get a resolution right. to a mystery, or you know what I mean. Tarantino. If the structure, yeah, you're right. You know, he fucks with that whole thing. You know what I mean. So very rarely, like, do I really care if I get something that's classic in three acts and it's amazing. That's amazing. It's awesome. It's like a pop song. I can't write a pop song, but I admire pop music because I can't do it. Mm. I look at it and I'm like, that's the great diamond. Sure. Because I look at a fucking guitar and I see my car keys. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? And just a bunch of feedback. I'm like, that's sick. But I could never write a pop song. So I always like fetishize that. So a three-act structure movie, if you're good at it, man, that's amazing. Because hmm. you understand that. For me, I don't want to push. I didn't want to push myself into it. So they were basically like, that's what the reviews were. So fuck all that. I took one, which was this uh, slasher film that I had wrote where I'd had this idea to take a slasher film and cut it down to its bare essentials and then organize those as a three-act almost. That was like my three-act. So you meet the idiot kids, and then there's a lot of running, and then everyone dies. And that's how I structured the slasher. <laughs> it was like a postmodern slasher film or something stupid sure. like that. You know, I was just like, oh, it's just an organization of events. Because you never get to know those kids anyway, so why the fuck would I bother with characterization? You just got to know that they're young, they fuck, and they're probably at a campground or on a beach. Or you know what I mean? Just like, boom. Yeah. And then have a bunch of scenes of that where it's like almost like, a, like the central action is the middle because it's a lot of chasing. <laughs> and then it was just a whole series of vignettes of them being killed. And that was the movie. Right? So then I was like, this is actually pretty all right. I like this. So then I started taking it apart and writing it as a, as a like, delving deeper into it. And then I like kind of wrote... The, what is essentially like Hunchback 88 has a central piece, which is this slasher film that doesn't exist. And then I wrote on either side of it, two layers of narrative. So the book essentially goes, it doesn't really make any sense. And it's really hard to describe because I made it purposely hard for myself to write and then try to sell to people, <laughs> you know? So it essentially starts at a place and, and, uh, and, and just goes, goes, it does the free fall through layers, three layers of story hits a bottom and then you climb back out and you revisit those three layers. Okay. And that's how it works. Cool. So, um, so essentially it starts in a room in a house, in an abandoned house in, you know, the woods somewhere. And then from there, somebody slips on a banana and it becomes something else. 
actually somebody literally slips on a banana <laughs> in the book. It's a visual pictorial part of the book where I put in pictures of somebody slipping on a banana. Huh. And then it becomes something else. And then in that something else, there's talk about reading, essentially going, uh, a prostitute goes to visit a John and they are to read a, a story. And the story is essentially the slasher film. It's a script. Huh. So they're essentially reading the script. Oh. Cool. And then from there, it kind of just moves out. That's pretty much the bare bones of it. Um, and it's like anti-pop, anti-pop book. Yeah, for sure. I like that. And I did a lot of writing and retooling on it. And I didn't actually expect to really show it to anybody. I sent it to Jonah a couple of years ago just to be like, well, Jonah writes. Jonah's the only person I fucking know that writes other than Dan Ozzy. And Dan Ozzy is just too mean. You know, right? <laughs> yes. So I'd get something honest from Jonah if he had the moment, but not something that would just be like, this fucking sucks. You know what I mean? Whatever. <laughs> just kidding, Dan. You, you have no, you're pretty mad. Yeah. Like, this doesn't sound <laughs> like pup. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, Dan. Um, so Shaolin. <laughs> so I didn't really actually think I was gonna really do anything with it. It was again another almost like another exercise because I I don't actually read a lot of books. I don't have time. I watch a lot of movies and I work. That's what I like to do. So I was I but I love writing. You know what I mean? And I love interesting writing or weird writing or writing that is either legendary for being difficult, like something as corny as Naked Lunch, or mm. things that were happening in France in the 50s and 60s, like the new novel where people were just taking narrative and flattening it out and making things really hard to read. Mm. You know, like this guy, Alan Robe-Grier, or Marguerite Duras, who were writers who were just like, yeah, that's cool, you guys can write a novel, but can you write a novel that's really confusing that nobody wants, but we all pretend we're really smart? that you think that we're super smart and that everybody buys into it and become national heroes, huh. which is essentially what the new novel happened, what happened with the new novel in, in France in the, in the, in the fifties and sixties. And some of those people ended up making really amazing movies like this robe Grier guy. What, um, what, what did they, I don't know much about that. Like what did those people do to deconstruct stories that it made it difficult to read? It's almost like there is no, no, like the basic idea of the novel is, is a narrative driven thing with characters and, an understanding of space and sure. things like that. So some a guy like Alan Robe-Grier was just, he was more about memory hmm. and taking memories. And then he was, his work is really interesting because, and I know I get this wrong and I know anybody who knows this stuff is probably like, go fuck yourself, kid. Um, I'd say a but, small percentage of our listeners yeah. would know. <laughs> it's so true. I'd just yeah, say yeah. go for you it. Got a, like, you got a couple yeah. of, you, I know you got a couple You're corny listeners. You're going to say great. They will know who Dan Ozzy is, but they will not know, <laughs> no, they will not know no. this stuff. Yeah, yeah. No so, offense. Robe-Grier was a, um, <laughs> he was a huge S&M head and he would write these like, kind of like, um, from a from a uh, male dom's perspective of sexual encounters with uh, female slaves, mm. but they were always based around memory, and they were always really violent and over sexual and strange. And he would basically put you in a place, be like, "Okay, we're at a beach," and then he would take you along the beach with too much description of the beach mm-hmm. and nobody on the beach and then he would all of a sudden introduce somebody, but then all of a sudden he'd go back to the beginning of the beach and he would tell you that the beach is in a snapshot. And that mm. snapshot is in the hand of the person who I was, he was just talking about. Uh, and he would just I do this see. thing where it's right, a puzzle right. that doesn't need to be um, solved. Gotcha. But gives you all the puzzle pieces. Hmm. And it's just like one of those things that it's a de- they're demanding reads, you know, but at the end you're like, oh, yeah, I'm glad I read that. That was cool. You is know that kind of like maybe like like David Lynch style? Like sure. Almost? Something like that. Yeah. That's a good equivalent of it, okay. you know, or, or like, yeah, that's a great equivalent. You know what I mean? Um, and Robe Grey made movies that were like that, hmm. too, in the 60s. I made this movie called uh, Trans Europe Express. That's really interesting. A bunch of stuff. And they're all kind of like that. You know, they're all these like memory movies, huh. you know, where you're just like, you don't know if it's reality. You don't know if it's a dream. And they're very just 
nice to watch. So anyways, that was like so, one of my main inspirations even for Hunchback was like, all right, well, I'm going to take it and I'm going to start twisting and then I'm going to rewrite, yeah, yeah. rewrite, rewrite it, rewrite it. And I never expected to really show it to anybody past just friends, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, hey, is this cool? Do you like this? I mean, whatever. And fuck, my wife hasn't even read it yet. <laughs> you know what I mean? And she's, you know, and yeah, she yeah. just knows that I've, when she's like playing Xbox, I've just been on my phone because I've literally almost edited and wrote the whole thing on a phone. Wow. No way. Yeah. Oh, shit. That <laughs> yeah. sounds uh, you know, like, infuriating. Sounds painful. But it's really easy. You know what I mean? Because it's just, you're close to it and it just was like a good way to no work. No migraines? Uh, no. You know, and I just <laughs> scroll through and I'd scroll through randomly, pick a spot and be like, oh, I'm going to rewrite this. You know, and I would just do that and I did this thing obsessively I'll enjoy finger you know? cancer in 10 years yeah, well, I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to it i don't need him anyways have you seen the steak man artwork um so that's not good um so chris come on we gotta stop this seriously. what you've seen the against me records come on <laughs> be honest you thought art for my band i think it's great your band is different because i like you i, I don't like against me <laughs> Um, so <laughs> Laura's always the whipping girl. Um, so, and these things, sorry, Laura, you're not listening anyways. So she's been a guest. Yeah, no, but maybe definitely. not an avid listener. Do you no. think Laura's ever listened to going off track? Um, I wonder, I, maybe should we I slip think, something in right now? I mean, to just it's, see? it's in her feet. She might listen to yours. It's, yeah, no. she might. You don't think? Yeah. 100%? No. Then let's say something. Let's say something <laughs> Laura, fun. if you're listening to this. Yeah. Um, send a postcard to Benny. Send, yeah, I'd love a postcard. Send a postcard to Benny. Handwritten. She Handwritten. doesn't have my address, and so I'm not going to say it on here. Handwritten, because so. it's uh, Benny. Guess what anthem? Good one. Uh, <laughs> Woo! Well, Zing! Uh, so, Chris, do you speak... Okay, speak so. Oh, go ahead. What go ahead. Were what were you saying? Well, I was going to say you also have illustrations in the book. Yeah, there's stuff uh, in the did, book. You didn't do those on your phone, I'm assuming. No, no, naturally. Yes. There's not a whole lot. Of, is there a lot? No, there's not. There's a few. Okay. Um, but um, so anyways, I was obsessed about just kind of doing this thing. And it was almost like a, a nightly exercise to just kill time before watching a movie or killing time at work or something like that. And um, this kid from Canada named matt he runs this uh imprint called permanent sleep press and his deal is he deals with because i feel like this is like a really common thing now you see a lot of like older hardcore guys being like oh, i'm a writer now mm-hmm. you know i'm gonna write books yeah, yeah. like you know mm-hmm. or guys involved in the scene in some way there's this kid named uh, max morton who lives in la he was in cold cave for a minute you know he's like an og like new york hardcore guy sure. you know he's a very interesting writer but that that there's a kind of this small movement you know, and they always like the darker side of writing like Peter Sotos or just, you know, whatever, things like that. They're not writing like sick romantic novels. They're writing like fucked up shit, dude, you right. know? So. Cause no one wants to get paid. <laughs> no. You got <laughs> oh, to write, write them paperbacks, get yeah. the Walmart. I know. Oh, I, Chris. That, the, next. <laughs> yeah. When I sell this thing, um, <laughs> when I sell the rights for it, I'm going to be like, and next I'm going to write a romantic comedy. Um, so actually that'd be pretty sick, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, so see the wheels crank. Yeah, and I'm like, ah, oh, I could do that. Um, Maybe Sandra Bullock, harder than a pop song. Yeah, harder than a pop song. I mean, I, I, it's easy. I love romantic comedies actually because so do I. And musicals, really? I do. Yeah, I, I think, love them. I, love I think them. a well-made romantic comedy is super hard to execute. Yep, I really do. It's, and I think a good one is pretty special. I just I really saw do. Big Sick. Have you seen that? Great. Yeah, I saw that. I thought great. that was good. Yeah. Great. I get all the feels from a good romantic comedy. Me as well. And for me, I, the romantic comedy and, and, the, and the musical are, are my favorite genres because they're the most removed for me. So if, if 
movies are about entertainment and taking you out of your reality. Yeah. There's nothing more far removed than watching uh, West Side Story or while you were sleeping. Mm-hmm. You know, because when I think about life, I think about stabbing people. Right. You know, so when I watch a violent movie, I'm like, fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. Right, right. I'm with you. But if I'm watching something like a musical or a romantic comedy, it is actually a full removal from reality. But that's interesting. Now, you know? do you think do you think you're attracted to that because that's like sort of a, a utopian vision of things that you wish actually were? No. Um, or just like pure fantasy, like or it's just like this doesn't exist in any context, so I can lose myself in it. Absolutely, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. no, I'm never pining for a better life. Life is what you got. That's right. it. You know what I mean? If you can, like the motto, my motto is, you know, hope for nothing, and if something, well, that's cool. You know, like <laughs> that. Good. That was awesome. Great. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. but for the most part, you're just like, this is what I got. So you got to make it happen. Well, based on you that know? topic, I, I saw a quote you said in an old interview that you're not interested in people past observing them. That's actually funny because I had this conversation with my wife Which the other day. I found <laughs> really, really interesting. And, and <clears throat> you know, myself, I've felt the same way in a lot of ways, like always a step out from whatever was going on. Absolutely. Always like, even if I was so included in the thing I was in, I still felt like I was on the outside looking in. I yeah. still do. Yeah. And it's just some people see things like that. Yeah, absolutely. And like... And because of it, I think some people start to become like little amateur students of the human condition mm-hmm. and something like that. Mm-hmm. Is this something that like as you're getting older is um, is staying as strong as it used to be? Or Absolutely. is it something that's like you're, well, you're gaining a different perspective as you get older? No, I think that's grown even more. But the problem is, is the the game has always been to never really play that hand. Like I have an accessible personality on a day to day. I can do small talk. I can do all that bullshit. Mm-hmm. Polite. I can sure. have friends. You know what I mean? Like but the problem is 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 as you get well worn into that observation and that distance and that being comfortable in that distance and the more you do it, you have to it's just more of a struggle. The struggle is more keeping your public persona intact mm-hmm. and yeah, accessible. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's actually what the real worry has always been is like am i becoming too detached <laughs> right you know because i got to still be able to function i don't i don't like people who can't function sure or sure. it's not that i don't like them it's just that like you those people people who can't function in society are always people who complain about not being able to function in society mm. you know and that's fucking so you find boring. that more as like weakness yeah that's a weakness that's absolutely a weakness like find something you're comfortable with a personality you're comfortable with in public to be able to talk to people and not creep them out yeah and use it you know because then and then what that that personality just becomes is just it becomes a comfortable thing you don't get fucking social anxiety i don't get social anxiety huh. i just don't want to go places right you know what i mean it's right, not like right. i'm like people see a, like a fucking a show and they're like oh my god i don't want to go because i have crippling social anxiety i just don't want to go because i don't Do fucking you think like music. you don't have social anxiety <laughs> because people aren't judging the real actual character of you that's actually a really good question um no i just don't have social anxiety because i don't care enough right. to to worry about that even yeah, you know yeah, like yeah. for me it's always just like i, I just don't want to go somewhere <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. but i don't i can go places and you the only I mean? thing forcing you to stay in the social kind of world you are is just like a vision that the alternative is just like weakness and you can't function within yeah. society like which that. is ridiculous to so me. it's just pragmatic yeah 
So like it's just yeah. So you chose a personality out of pragmatism, absolutely, what, and that became what essentially is my personality, right? <laughs> you know sure. what I mean? Well, now I mean, when you put it like that, I'm like, is this what everyone does? Yeah, I would at think a so. young age, and you just just saw it in a different way. And some people are bad at it, and that's you can't fault them. You know what I mean? And, sure. and I I complain about people who can't function in society, but are trying, right? And that's fine too. That's great. Yeah. But so you're just fucking bad at it. <laughs> when, when did this kind of like start for you? Because I imagine when you were playing in Combat Wounded Veteran, like you guys were touring, you were going to shows. I mean, at what point were you just like, I don't like, because like, I don't like going out. I don't, I don't need this thing. It's not even actually like that I don't like going out. I love going out. I just don't actually like going out and in, in what I'm involved with at the, you know what I mean? Mm. Like this is like basically Stake Mountain and being involved in punk and hardcore and whatever. That's just, that's it. That's that's going to chase me forever. Yeah, you almost seem embarrassed by it. I am 100% embarrassed by yeah. it. Yes, huh. absolutely. Definitely. But also, I know that I'm in, a, always, I'm in a really cool, interesting position, and I've got to do things that people wish that they could do that I look at and go, go fuck yourself. Right. This is the dumbest shit I've ever been involved in. <laughs> Why the fuck? But also, it's given me great opportunities. Right. No idiot would want to release a fucking book you know, if I wasn't Stake Mountain. You know what I mean? Or maybe they would, but I wouldn't have as easy a time to all of a sudden just have some kid be like, have you ever written a book? And I'd be like, that's funny because I have a book. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he's yeah. like, cool, can I see it? You know, and then be like, yeah, I'll do it. And it was so easy, that transaction, because I'm not just fucking Joe Hardcore who's never done anything. I'm just, I'm an idiot who's had great opportunities and right. sitting with you guys in a basement talking about all this dumb shit. You know what I mean? And it's like, you know, and we're having a good time, I think, right? Yeah, well, and, hey, I'm having a good time. <laughs> I mean, that, that being said, I wonder, like, so so what is the, it sounds like the impetus for you to make anything public mm -hmm. would be different than other people. Like, when I release music, I feel a need to be validated by other people's opinions. Sure. I do. I want other people to hear it and other people to think it's good and then i feel good yeah that's part of the experience for me absolutely is that part of the experience for you i don't have all? a drive like that so i make fun of artists for saying things like i gotta create but i understand the <laughs> right. i understand it <laughs> right right but for Just me don't like, be so drama yeah you know but the yeah. artists are like that you sure. know musicians are like that yeah, yeah. poets are like that people gotta are you know they're yeah. like, oh i gotta do this day. if i don't do it i go crazy and mm -hmm. i'm like i don't have that feeling there are whole stretches of time where I mean, I haven't made, and you know, like other than working on this stuff for Hunchback and getting things upright with some visuals and stuff like that, I didn't do anything for months because I can just not do things and it doesn't bother me. Right. You know, now I do talk about being obsessed with writing this book and I did a lot of that. So maybe in the past couple of years of not doing a whole lot of fucking art, you know, was based around I was doing something else and I just didn't think I was doing something else because it was actually really an enjoyable experience to fuck with this book that I thought no one was going to see. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I don't release things because yeah, for validation or that I think people need to see it. I don't even really, I, I don't even give a fuck about reputation. Like I release things that I know are bad <laughs> that I think like I didn't put enough effort into or that I think are weak, but I also know people's taste isn't very good. Right. You know? So, I mean, you know, so I, I, I think like, you know what, uh, if people liked that, then they'll probably like this. Sure. You know what I mean? I mean, that could be the case with Hunchback. You know what I mean? This right. thing could be like, fucking whatever, but you know what I mean? Somebody wanted to do it. So I was just like, oh, I mean, that sounds all right. Sure. I mean, it's better than being annoyed that I have to lay out somebody's lyrics on a record. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or something like that. You know what I mean? So right. but, um, well, why do you have to do any of it? Though? I don't have to do any of it. And truthfully, a lot of Steak Mountain stuff happens now because I'm poor. Right. 
You know so I mean? it's just a real function. Yeah, it's like actually a yeah. real function. You right. know what I mean? At some point in time, there was a deal with Steak Mountain where I thought it was going to be a little bit bigger than it was. And I could have parlayed it into a career, even if it was a career I wasn't interested in, because if you have a fucking job, you probably don't like it anyways. What so kind well of opportunities job. did you have that could have well, turned that in? I think especially with the with when Against Me signed to Sire and I was part of that camp, right. I thought, okay, I might be able to parlay this into something else. More, because they're getting more bigger. bigger jobs yeah, with you know, other bands. Exactly. Sure. There's a visibility there. Right, right, right. You know, so I thought, okay, well, maybe I'd be able to turn this into a thing. And like that never really happened up because of what I realized is that I'm also like not really that easy to work with, mm. you know, I mean, just outright because I, for me, the work doesn't matter. What is more entertaining for me inside of the work is being difficult. <laughs> <laughs> like that's the entertainment for me. Yeah. Like the performance is more interesting than the making the work. I understand. You know, so, yeah. and that's kind of always how it was, it was like that in combat. Sure. You know, and I was just, you know, it was just for me, like, I didn't give a fuck about what we did. It was the fact that I could take a microphone and hit a kid with it. Born to center. that was, huh? Born to center. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. So, so like, that's the entertaining part. So that, that's what keeps me interested in Sig Mountain is when I'm like, oh, I can be difficult here. Right. It's harder to be difficult with like somebody like Jonah. You know, or even now with Against Me, just because it's just Laura's just like, shut the fuck up, dude. Yeah, I mean, have you found your, I mean, it's, it's a, it sounds like a great and unique and awesome position to be in, almost like Andy Kaufman-like, but sure, it sounds unsustainable. It's 100% unsustainable. Yeah. And there'll be never be a way that this will ever turn into a job for me. Right. You know, so I'm just going to run this into the ground. But the, probably I, deeper. Well, I feel like the last time you were, <laughs> last time you were on the podcast, I felt like you were even talking about retiring thing. Yeah. Altogether. And that's kind of what I've been working towards, but that's also like a conversation I've been having with myself forever. And what ends up really happening is, is that when well, I'm like, I don't give a fuck, I don't want to do this. It's not about ego for me. And it's not about people liking the things or things like that. For me, stick man has always just been this thing that I did and I was able to abuse people in a fun kind of PG way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and then also be serious with people because like, like the work I've done for you, Jonah has been, that was like, that's real work to me. You know what I mean? Cause we're friends and whatever, right. you know what I mean? And we're friends in a way that like is different than when I say like Laura is my friend, you know what I mean? Where it's just like, we're more just Laura is just my boss who, and we share a lot of the same tastes, you mm-hmm. know, and we've, it's 10 plus years together working, you know? So it's just like, Oh, okay. It's like a shorthand, but we're not like friends. Like we don't can hang out when she comes to town. I don't go to those shows. Right. And um, Laura, Laura also those, pays you, unlike me. No, and that, that's the thing too. Like, and so it is a real job. You pay like, in other ways. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Really um, but um, but yeah. So uh, I don't even. I lost my train of thought. But um, but yeah, it's that's essentially what Steak Mountain is. Is that it's money, right? Not a whole lot of money these days, you know. But um, you know, it's just like unlike any forty-year-old. You know, at this point in time in life, who didn't wasn't very successful and has like a mid level job. I'm in hella debt. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so every stupid thousand dollars is like cool, That's, awesome. Yeah. I'm not it, that much in debt anymore. And sure, I had to do this record, but also I didn't really try hard. Right. You know, like. Sure. <laughs> you know so and like for me, that like, that's what kind of makes the most sense about Stig Mountain now is that it's never going to be a thing. Now maybe it will. Who knows. Who, but also with this shitty attitude, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. I'll just take a day job, you right. know, and have time to watch movies, you but, know. And it's, sure, but it's, you have such a like. So probably not gonna have kids. No, absolutely yeah. not. <laughs> no, no, no. I applaud everyone who can. Sure, because the world is garbage, and that effort is a is a is a is a great effort. It's awesome if you can do it, and it's also if you if you're in a position to do it. 
for me. Yeah, like I see sure. myself as somebody who couldn't afford it, you know, right. and I don't want to do it. And, the, and that unconditional love from a, a, a sprout to an adult isn't that important. To I me. mean, people literally you know? smoke crack and raise kids. You don't need much. You don't need to, but you I don't figure it out. I don't like the <laughs> I don't like the high wire uh, act of it. Sure, sure. I got other things to do. Like oh, I, yeah, yeah. I've got thousands of movies I could think of that I could watch instead, mm-hmm. which I'd rather do. <laughs> you know, no, it's I mean? true. I, I can understand it because there are times when I'm grinding away with kids and doing that stuff where I'm like, Jesus Christ, we're all pieces of dust floating around right now. Mm-hmm. You are just like me. We're all going to be completely insignificant and not that long. And I think I literally think that in front of my kids that this just doesn't matter at all. Like, and it's sad. Sometimes. Ben, you're turning. This is what I always said on the podcast for years, and now like, no, it's just real, man. Yeah, like, I know. Like, there are conscious decisions to like to doing that stuff. You know what I mean? There really are. Um, and it's not always fucking romantic. It basically came down to a decision for me: Do I want to be the old man with a beard at the coffee shop? writing books and continuing to do stuff like that? Or do I want to be the old man surrounded by kids and grandkids? That dude seemed happier to me. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I'm going to go that way. But it wasn't some like youthful thing where I was like, this is always what I was going to do. It was a real just choice. It was an actual choice laid in front of me. You know what I mean? Yeah. A fork in the road. Yeah. If you will. (laughs) I just decided to do that. Because I love just fucking torturing myself. I haven't been to the movies in two and a half years. See, so that would, I would, yeah. my head would come off. You want to, can I embarrass <laughs> myself? The last time, the last movie I saw in the movies was when my son was in the hospital. I snuck away to go see the last Star Wars. like Force Awakens. Yeah, right. you know, two and a half years ago. And I went during the afternoon. I rolled a little pinner for the parking lot. Mm-hmm. Had a whole thing set up. I had like three hours. I was very excited. I smoked in the parking lot. I get up there, sold out. Of course. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm seeing a fucking movie. I'm like, I created this time. I'm going. Sure. What was next? Krampus. Oh. (laughs) So I can safely say the last film I saw in the movie theaters was Krampus. (laughs) Now I'm going to say about Krampus. It's not bad. It's not bad. It's not bad. It's not bad. It was way darker and way more brutal than I thought it was going to be. The movie the Krampus team made before that was this movie called Trick or Treat. Which was actually oh, a pretty yeah. good little scary Halloween movie. movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scary movie. Yeah, it was cool. I found Krampus <laughs> freakier than I thought it would be. Yeah, it's yeah. not bad. Yeah, not, not bad. bad. Not bad. And Universal's really doubled down on it. They have like, um, if you go to Halloween Horror Nights, they have a Krampus like haunted house. That you was go there into. Krampus 2 coming then? <clears throat> I don't think so. I don't, pretty much everyone think, died in that movie. Yeah, and I yeah. think yeah, I think it made like $5 and a little bit of streaming yeah, money. Yeah, it didn't do well. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> Brad, what's, Brad, as someone else with children, what's the last movie yeah, you saw? I guess you you're, well, you got to go older. Well, now I've got a 10-year-old yeah. and yeah. I have a 6-year-old who's not afraid of so anything. So when you see the Minions I saw and the, shit? I went and saw the, the Star Wars, the new Star Wars. Oh, you did? Which I really like. With both of them? Yeah. That's awesome. The six-year-old so is pretty fearless. I can't wait. The six year, it's hilarious because I've got friends who have kids of similar ages and they can't take them to anything. They like. Oh, really? Because they're scared? They're just scared of everything. Scared, scared of the Minion movies. What? What's know. in there? That's, I saw the that's last Minion living. movie. <laughs> you saw what? I saw the last Minion movie. I was, uh, I was on a date. Uh, this was a while ago, I guess. And uh, you guys want to see the minions? Hey, uh, well, no. Usually, legal. you're dragging them. To it's like, not legal. You, know, you shouldn't talk about this on the show. podcast. Uh, <laughs> I, was to, I was supposed to go see uh, a uh, like one of those 
superhero movies. I don't okay. really. I sound so old. Like <laughs> uh, one of them superhero well, like movies, Iron uh, or Super or Spider. Yeah, I, I don't know a lot about something, that. I was supposed to go something man. Typical move. Didn't buy tickets in advance. Got there. Sold out. And it was one of the minions, one of, I don't know, two or three, something. And I was like... Despicable minions. This, oh, no, it was Despicable Me. It was one of those. Right. Yeah, and I went and I was like, so this is the only thing that we can go to. Do you want to go? And I felt like she was like, I guess. We're oh. here. And it was not good. See, she wanted an executive decision out of you. And you yeah. were just like, I just let's go see minions. I was, like, I was like, I care about this as much as I care about some superhero movie I don't know the context of. Right. To me, I don't really want to sure. see any of this stuff. And if it were up to you, what would you have been going to see? Um, Something super deep and cool? or. Uh... Yeah, like what's an ideal Jonah date yeah, night movie? Like what you can yeah, pull from the past. Wait, date movie and yeah, movie movie question. would be two different things. Though. No, date movie. Yeah, I'm, date movie. Like so, Jonah, you're you're blank slate, and a woman's like, I'd like to see this movie. What makes her the perfect woman? Like, what movie is she requesting? <sighs> nice. To see? It can be anything. Krampus? You can pull from like, <laughs> oh, we're going to see a re- like a, a revival yeah. of Mean Streets. Yeah, anything doesn't Chariots matter. Chariots of Fire. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. What is it? Yeah. What makes her go, I'm going to marry her? I don't know why this is popping into my head, but uh, my first instinct is yeah. one of my favorite movies growing up, and uh, it was a movie starring Steven Seagal. It's called Hard to Kill. Oh, it's not a bad movie. Jonah. That's yeah. your date movie. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I love all, that, Jonah. I think you just, that's the Seagal. answer I want. I think you just went up quite a few notches in prison. <laughs> that's no. really yeah. good. You got Kelly so if Homegirl, if Homegirl wants to see Hard to Kill, yeah, you should marry her. Marry. Uh, that's it. Marry. Any girl that wants to see that little fucking nubbin ponytail on that guy. There's, you don't like Seagal? There's, there's so many good li- one-liners in that movie. The one where he goes to... He goes, and the, he actually jumps a gun in the guy's mouth and knocks out his teeth, and then he points a gun at his dick and shoots it, and he goes, I missed. I never missed. Must have been smaller than I thought. <laughs> oh, Chris, by the way, the yes. one-liner from the new Die Hard, uh-huh. I'm supposed to be on vacation. That's right. That was it. That's the that one. Was it. Yeah. He introduced it within 90 seconds. That's it was there. It was supposed great. To be on vacation. How about this one? <clears throat> Can you name oh, no. the three sports movies nominated for best picture or that one best picture one best picture one best picture there wasn't moneyball not moneyball sports it was the natural no no didn't win it with newman didn't win then it was redford what about field of dreams thank you no (laughs) nominated rudy no are you fucking kidding me (laughs) what about the one about the sandlot <laughs> I mean, come on, little Friday, big Friday Night Lights. No. Well, does Chariots of Fire count? It does. Okay, that's one. Okay. Chariots of Fire. What about the one? That's why I was doing that song. Yeah. <laughs> what was the one with the guy with uh, <laughs> the guy that got Lou Gehrig's disease? What was that film? It wasn't that. <laughs> Let's not get into Lou Gehrig's disease. Shit, <laughs> Whatever that is, it's not that. that. It's so um, sad. Okay, what else? I already, uh, I already said that. Like, I think my kids are going to turn to dust. <laughs> Can I not talk about ALS right now? <laughs> Right. Not the uh, not the natural. I'll give a hint. Bull Durham, the no, sport. Bull Durham win is the same sport for the next two. So they're baseball movies. No, no. Oh, they're both the same. Once I give it up, you're going to know what they are. Should I give it up? Do it. Boxing. Uh, I was thinking like the last. See, because I don't ever think of boxing as. (laughs) (laughs) You think that one? Damon Wayans, best actor. So we're talking the first Rocky. Yep, first Rocky. And Raging Bull. Raging Bull. Yeah. Raging Bull. Okay. 
pretty good. Wow. Yeah, see, because what's funny about that, because I don't, like, my first thought when I hear boxing isn't sports, even though I right. know it is. I know. It's like, they're just, because it actually. And then there's the question, is Kingpin a sports movie? <laughs> is it's Color of Money a sports movie? No. Is Days of Thunder a sports movie? Is Dodgeball a sports movie? <laughs> is Dodgeball a sports movie? Exactly. Yeah. Just Days of Thunder. Um, Are bar sports sports? No. I mean, if sports are sports, then bar sports should be sports. But what's games. the difference? You know, like basketball is literally like, let's say this sport means the world to me, but take it away. It's just men in shorts throwing a bouncy ball through a hoop. It's not like some crazy important thing. And someone throwing darts is someone throwing a mini arrow at a target. I don't know. It's the same shit. Just one is like more entertaining to watch than the other. Right. <clears throat> yeah. I what mean, designates it? Golf's a sport. They just cruise yeah, around. I mean, those guys are jacked now. <laughs> Tiger Woods changed it. If you want to be a look at some of the new golfers, they're really handsome and jacked. It's not the way it used to be. Really? No, oh, yeah. Not Nicholas. No. Yeah. No, 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 no. no bears anymore. <laughs> but it seems like everything's going in that direction, it is. right? Every sport is going to this like basically any athlete is at like the peak of nutrition, the peak of fitness. The peak of analytics, like they basically have broken everything down to a science in sports. And you can't you can't get away with being like Mickey Mantle, like having a high life and a cigarette after a game anymore because that guy just can't compete. Even in baseball? Even in baseball. So maybe yeah. you've just defined it. You've defined what a sport is. Oh. Something that uses science and technology to perfect it. But you don't think a professional billiards player is using technology to find angles and things? But I'm that's sure they are now. I know very little about billiards. <laughs> but Yeah. It's math. What is your best sport? If you had to put yourself on anything right now. Best sport? Yeah. To play? Yeah. Fuck, dude. I'm, I'm not good at any of them. <laughs> Noth- none of it? None of it. No. Although, no. You shoot a little pool? No. You bowl a little? No. I hate sports. Uh. Like bowling is just more of like it's it's like more of a nostalgic idea. Like mm. I think of bowling is the way I think of like I think like bowling, and then somewhere in there I think of like the Ramones because I feel sure. like that's like a sport the Ramones would play. They're connected. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like that's what I think about bowling. I think I, I think of Greece at too. Least two four <laughs> right because they have the bowling song in it, and then the Ramones because of where <laughs> the Ramones are from. I would bet like good money at least half of that band's. Their parents were in bowling leagues, like sure, for right? sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where they grew up, mm-hmm. they must have been in bowling. Yes, yeah. their parents. I would put good money on. Yeah, yeah. that era. Too. Yeah, yeah, sure. Ping pong. To throw this ping pong. different. Ping pong is your sport. Oh. Ping pong. Okay, I wow. can do that. Game. Yeah, you can I pong. Do I don't think I can even return a serve on the ping. It's pong. literally tennis. Yeah, it's the same. But thing. it's so fast. I know it it's fast. faster <laughs> tennis. So why yeah. is it not a sport? Come on, it is. Do you think that growing up in Florida caused you to? hate people no <laughs> no i was like that as a cat actually i would think Benny, I this would is think, one of your best questions no, that's, ever. Yeah, that that's a, a really question. good question but this florida made me understand the need for personality oh, oh yeah growing up in massachusetts made me hate people gotcha i was an indoor kid through mm-hmm. and through okay um and so and i just watched movies all the time and i was probably a nice enough kid but i just couldn't be bothered with going out Mm. and the only thing that made me go out is when my parents moved us from a pretty all right middle class home in salem massachusetts to a fucking trailer park outside of tampa i had to go out Uh, i I was 13 and i had to go out 
like you just i was like fuck i got i can't be in this fucking trailer anymore right, right. you know what i mean it was just yeah, like yeah. easy because like, i had to share a room with like a fat little brother <laughs> you know in this fucking trailer park you know what i mean and i was just like fuck dude i'm going out sure you know yeah. so i had to kind of and then you know like every single stereotype about a fucking trailer park in florida yeah. is exactly is true it real? <laughs> yeah it's so real so you gotta like really be like fuck Holy shit! I really have to get up to speed. I just imagine these kids drink Corona kids, bathing you know, suits. Yeah, <clears throat> can you of, paint that picture actually menthols, a little for me? A like preteen sex, lots of lots of drinking and drugs. Yeah, like what are high where, school kids doing at the trailer park? All yeah. that. It's just a continuation. Like yeah. there's just a point in time where you just become cognizant of beer that you probably start drinking it. In a there's no like park. good Christian kids in there who don't no, get like all that. All those kids are bad. Huh? All the good Christian kids are bad. And this is the thing. This is the story I always <laughs> all give the about good Christian kids are bad. <laughs> this That's, is the story I always give about when that. I because I, I don't. I mean, I'm not a straight edge kid, and I was never a straight edge kid. But I've never drank or smoked or did anything. I just was sure. never involved in that just scene. Didn't identify with it. And that scene and that almost directly. Um, involves my parents moving us to Florida because in Massachusetts I was a stay-at-home kid and I just never really went out. Sure. So it wouldn't even dawn on me as like a 12-year-old or an 11-year-old to be like, I'm going to be a person who drinks beer right, or right, smokes right. cigarettes, even though yeah. my parents are hard-drinking, hard-smoking fucking goofballs. So when they moved us to, to, to this trailer park, it was such a shock to see these kids going mm. so fucking hard huh. that I was like, I hate all these kids and I never, ever want to do this. Wow. And I just never did. Huh. You know, and it just, then I was just like, oh, what's the stupid straight edge thing? So there's a thing that people Why do? Why do you think you resented it so hard? Like, right I just off. didn't, I just immediately, I still didn't like kids. Mm. You know what I mean? So I was just like, I didn't really like other kids. I think that's probably why I was just, you know, in So whatever the group was doing, I was you were like, probably just going to go against. Hard pass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fuck all you kids. Although I'm going to need some of you. So I'm going to be friends with some of you fucking scary little fuckers, sure. you know, because you do run this trailer park, you miscreant. It's like fucking, uh, what's that movie with Matt Dillon that he made when he was a kid? <laughs> outsiders? Yeah, not Outsiders. The other one, oh, uh, Over the Edge. No, oh, Over, over the, the Edge. edge. You know what I mean? It's like, that that's what it was like. Man. Those kids were like, just these like kids just running this trailer park. Yeah. Just teens. Oh, you know, man. and you'd get invited you over really... You never locked your uh, teachers and parents in the school? No, and I wish. That'd be amazing. <laughs> but the trailer park was uh, was so squirrely. You know, you'd get weird adults inviting you over to show you porn. You know, so you're like, uh, you didn't realize it at 14. You're just like, oh, neat. Pornography. See, what are your parents like, <laughs> this though? Woman's this woman's <laughs> old. It's interesting to me that, like, such a young kid, because, you know, you already realize, like, it seems like a very socially, even though you weren't deciding to be part of it, you know, the idea that, like, you knew you were outside of it but needed to maintain some function with it and all this, it shows, like, a pretty serious social awareness of what's going on around you and a, probably a high level of intelligence, too. Like, what were your parents like? Like, did no, they... Not that. Yeah, like, where did that come from? I have think? no idea because my brother's an idiot, you know? And Still? he's a very smart... He's a very... Yeah, no, he's a very nice... Kid, did he but slim down? No. Uh, Chunk is Chunk, his name is Chunk. Oh, okay. It's been that way since he was eight. Gotcha. So say no more. Yeah. He's um, but he's a very nice kid, but say he's no not more, please. bright. He's definitely been to community college three times and not made it okay. out of community college. Two for me. You know, but personally. It's like it's a uh he just has he it's he's a learning disability kid. So okay. that's really the deal. Right. So he's a goof and a and a doofus and he's whatever and you know, whatever. But and I, you know, I mean, clearly I, not going to listen to going off track. No, I don't. I don't ever talk to him. So okay. <laughs> he very rarely hears from his older brother. So, um, yeah, actually a minute now. So anyways, but, um, so Chunk's a doofus. 
And my parents are not really, I mean, they're, they're Massachusetts people. So they think they're a lot smarter than they are because that's the state. Right. Never has there been an accent that made a smart person sound so stupid than the Boston (laughs) accent. You know, sorry, Boston, go fuck yourself. Yeah. Or sorry, go fuck yourself. You know, this Um, is the easiest interview for me too, dissing Florida and Boston. I'm like, it's easy to sit here all day. Yeah. 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 It was super easy. Dumb as shit. Boston. It's just the worst, man. So, so. Um, so, you know, like, they're not smart people, but they think that they are. Hang in there, Jonah. Hang in there. <laughs> You're so uncomfortable. Jonah's good. Jonah is invisibly... You got a lot of ties to Boston or no, something? No, 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 no. I'm fine. I'm fine. I just, you know, I... I, I uh... Jonah's a good guy. You know, no. what, you know what you know what I have to do after this to... <laughs> I think he's no, surrounded I, by so much negativity right now between me and you. I it's love like it. a no, it's, I scary like sardonic be- sandwich that you don't know what to do with. <laughs> I have my own demons, but yeah, I feel like uh, I feel like I just know Chris well enough where it's like I'm nothing he could say would surprise me. No, that's true. Gotcha. And yeah. the level of negativity would never. But I'm me. relatively um, uh, amiable. Yes, you're fun to hang out. <laughs> well, you're fun to hang out with. This is why I'm a little I'm a little fascinated by this because like. So the personality I have right. hears the things you're saying and goes, there's something else. There's something else here sure. that you're not willing to give up. Sure. Like that's where my, per- I'm like, no one is just black and white like this. No, I mean, there's got to be something else fueling this. Well, Chris, there's- you're married. So it's like, I feel like you have, you have the ability to love. Yeah, yeah of course. I- okay. I'm not against love. <laughs> it's just that hate is a lot better. And a lot more fun. You know what I mean? Like, I always describe it like this. Like, I don't hate as a personality flaw. I hate because it's a good time. It's a sport. You know, like, some people play baseball. I hate. That's the best. You know, like, that's what I like to do. I like trashing things. I like roasting people. I like roasting things. I like roasting things I like. You know what I mean? I just, and I think what that is, is that's the, that's the Boston upbringing. Okay. Because I feel like Massachusetts is very much sure. like that. Pretty brutal. You're just not ever out there not getting called a name by a loved one. That's true. You know, like it's yeah. fucking idiot. Constant shit. Yeah, you know, you're yeah. always constant kind of shit talking. Yeah, yeah. and general. so it's one yeah. of those things where it's just like I grew up in a like a lower middle class sure. Massachusetts family of filled with EMTs and firefighters and yeah, cops yeah, yeah, yeah. and everything else. Yeah. So you're just kind of like you're always getting called you know, Something. gay slurs and racial slurs and sure. all kinds of stuff that you're like, but I'm not, I'm not a black guy. Yeah. Why are you calling me that? You know what I mean? Like, right. you know, you're just like confused as a kid, but that kind of shit talking is fun for me. But I know that it is not a way that you have to represent yourself in society. Right. If you want to be able to just get things like anything from the grocery store or talking to a bank teller. Right. <laughs> hey, bitch, money. You know what I mean? Like, you know, so I hey, enjoy guys, it. I could give me my change. Yeah, huh? exactly. Yeah. So, and you see oh those God. people yeah, in the yeah. world and you think... <laughs> Not for yeah, me, because <laughs> I want to do the thing. Because also part of like social interaction for me is just being like I just it's I like having enough time to watch movies essentially. So social interaction sure. should be brisk, <laughs> because the sooner you're home, the sooner a movie is on. But that's some version you know? of a social interaction, huh? I mean, it, it is. It is. Like, no, but but I like to keep it as so. The best way to do that is it's to keep like it you're, polite. You're like simultaneously you know? like like furious and fascinated at people at the same time sure absolutely yeah but then i uh, but like what never what never makes anger turn into anything that is debilitating is my understanding that like you said none of it matters but does that mean you're (laughs) only nice to people who can give you something no in the past okay yes (laughs) massive manipulator right 
people were pawns. Gotcha. You know, yeah, you know, and then, and, yeah. and, and, and then that doesn't really work either. Cause also like what it is, is just my general probably apathy has helped me not become that person anymore because mm-hmm. I'm like, I actually doesn't matter. Like I don't right. get that mad at shit. And when I do, I'm mad for about 10 seconds. I'm like, why am I mad? You know, gotcha. or if something goes wrong, I'm not like, oh man, the universe is against me. I'm like, of course it went wrong. Right. Everything goes wrong. And if something doesn't go wrong, awesome. Like I said, hope for nothing. And if something that's cool, great. Right. Yeah. Awesome. That worked out. If it works out, amazing. You want to, sometimes you want things to work out, but if something doesn't work out, I'm never like, oh man, I'm like, yeah, things don't work out all the fucking time. It sounds like a very non-stressful way to live. I, I, yes. But I I wish I could convince myself to think like that. (laughs) It took a lot of work. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I should, I'll just go to the trailer park for a year. See what happens. You will. I don't know what, I don't know what modern trailer park is like. Jersey trailer park? I mean, I used to hang out in some with some friends. Yeah. I mean, it's fairly you could save fairly some similar money. experience. Just winter coats. Sure. Move the, move sure. the family to yeah. Probably, I bet there's a little methy down there. Absolutely. Yeah, not so much. <laughs> yeah. Not a lot of meth up here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now that's the opioid state now, right? You just go to pill houses and get whatever. Mm-hmm. And I got moved to Florida. <laughs> you know what I'm saying Florida. Florida's a really good base of operations for it being lousy. And it's also a, a wonderfully criminal place. It's a bizarre place. Mm-hmm. It is a bizarre place. It really place. is. It truly it a is bizarre a weird place. Estate, it yeah. still hasn't caught up with even some of the more podunk fucking American states. It feels <laughs> <Yeah>. eccentric <laughs> and strange in a way that it always will, even as it becomes, it's like uh, throwing good money at bad. You know, it's like as, mu- as much as they try to class up Florida, Florida is just always just going to be a garbage swamp with a bunch of cool stuff built on top of it. <laughs> you know, or sure. interesting things or money or sure, great sure, houses sure. or cool celebrities living there and making art or whatever. So Florida's just <laughs> been a pig in a dress this whole time. Absolutely. <laughs> 100%. And more and more. The dress gets fancier, but it's still a pig in a dress. Gotcha. But I loved living in Florida. I And I, I actually always think myself, I'd go back to Florida because it's cheap and it's a great base of operations. Fly anywhere in the world for relatively inexpensive. Fly sure. anywhere in America for relatively inexpensive. When I was in combat, it was just so easy to be there and have that $150 rent and go on tour for fucking three months yeah and just be like cool sure. we didn't make any money but my rent's paid already it's funny you say that. my, my you know? father moved to florida tampa specifically yep. Beautiful and, tampa. Uh, you know he basically is like yeah my life rules besides for all the people i live around yeah and you the know, heat. that's kind of like he's like my house rules yep I can't have this in jersey i can't have this in jersey i can't have this weather i can't yep. have a boat i can't have this stuff but I just have to live around Floridians. Yeah, which is yeah, eh, the trade off. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And the, the heat's brutal. As a right. person who, even in Florida, didn't like to wear shorts, and I lived there for 13 some odd years, it's hard. It's yeah. hard living. And if you know? mosquitoes <laughs> like you, no good. No good. They don't yeah. like me, so I, oh, I was lucky. lucky. But that humidity, which is actually worse now, I think, than it was in fucking the 90s. You know, it's obviously just because the fucking world is falling apart, so it's just grosser. You know, and and anywhere if you had some sort of weather, it's worse now, you know, than than ever before. You know, so we're definitely feeling that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's been rough. We're out here freezing. Yeah. Like a bunch of assholes in December. Remember that fucking Christmas where it was like shirts off? Oh, yeah. It was like a 65 degree Christmas. Was that two Christmases ago? Yeah, I want to go. I was like, I remember getting out of the movie theater on on Christmas being like, fuck off. Why are we have jackets on? You know, just like this is miserable. Yeah. So anyways. um, So, yeah, dude, Florida's great. What are you talking about? (laughs) <laughs> so I have a friend, Frank, okay. who is always talking about the need for the world to have a reset button. Sure. Basically, he thinks like two-thirds of humanity need to die mm-hmm. 
and there needs to be like a massive reset and overhaul of everything. Sure. Now, his logic always seems thin to me because I always just think that would happen and the same thing is just going to pop up again yeah. because it's human nature. Like, what do you think, as someone who obviously looks into this a lot or thinks about it a lot, like, what's the end game? Like, are we going to make it or are humans just that fundamentally flawed that we're not? I think that it'll still go for a, a good many generations because obviously because of the thinking mind is resilient enough and arrogant enough to think that it can't end there and mm. that it can't end with them. Right, right, so right, there'll right, always right. be a push. Now, that being said, if this great neo-80s impending doom of nuclear fucking holocaust happens, well, Frank might get his fucking wish. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it feels realer than it's ever felt ever in the world. In our lifetime. Yeah, yeah. in our lifetime, for sure. Um, sure, they scared kids in the 50s and fucking with all that kind of stuff, but it wasn't that real. It's right. more real now when we got a couple goofballs threatening yeah. something that's like not that funny to threaten with. And, and way I like more dark of the jokes. weapons exist now than they did in the 50s. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So, um, but I think that like if that never happens, um, it's you know it's either going to turn into Blade Runner or it's going to tank. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I think it'll turn into Blade Runner because people just don't think that the, it can end with them. You know, so that human resilience, the way the mind is being complex and that kind of the ego and the arrogance of the human race mm. will just drag it out longer than it'll be like the fucking end of the last Lord of the Rings movie okay. where there was like 47 ends. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're like, this isn't over yet. Yeah. Go fuck yourself. Really? <laughs> and that will be how the human race goes yeah. until there's just a certain point in time where yeah, it's just like jump into the pit of lava, asshole. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, jump yeah. In. Just, just jump in. Just come on. Like, it's yeah. true. Just take I, one. I know the world's going to go in after I die, but sort of doesn't seem like it. Yep. Like I know it, but it's also like, and I think about it, but I'm also like, it doesn't seem real. Yeah, it's interesting to think. I like that concept that the ego of man himself won't allow his generation to be the last one. Absolutely not. That's like where the driving force is. Yeah, it's true. It is the probably the only driving force. It's not um, a great future for the children. It's not anything. It's literally like, I will not be the last. Yeah. You know, even if it's the most deep down thought in somebody who feels like they're the most selfless person in the world. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just like, I will not be the last one. You know, and then you, you 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 push that, and I think that could probably involve people wanting to have kids and things like that. Like, I want that the, the idea of generation. I feel like I'm doing my part in ending it by not having them. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know yeah, what yeah. I mean? You know, like for every positive vote, there's a bunch of negatives. <laughs> you know what I mean? But right. also, I'm helping not add more to a world that I think is just I like watching, but I don't think is any good. Yeah, you know, it's like fucking reality TV. <laughs> You know, you know, you're like, I just keep watching the Kardashians. I know it is not a good idea, you know? So that's, that's, you know, that's just the, the, you know, the, the long game of it, I guess is that, yeah, is the ego, you know, is, is people just won't, won't let it, won't let it die. So the sci-fi <laughs> movies of perfect societies living in harmony in like 2600, not going down. How many more um, dystopian ones are there, though? Many more. Exactly. Yeah. And that's how that'll go and down. And we dictate our own fate because yeah. it's what we think. Yeah, totally. Sure. It'll be, you know, it'll be those skyscrapers with people living in basically tenement apartments, and they'll be like, you know, fucking 10,000 people in a fucking skyscraper. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And there'll be fucking warlords and fucking, you know, and all kinds of fucking crazy shit. Maybe. Or maybe not. You know, like, 
maybe I mean, they'll just look like this forever, but with better technology. Or are the warlords already here and they're just dressed in suits and that's a great way to look at it too. At you the whole time. That's a very peace punk way to look at it. <laughs> you know, it's kind of true. No, absolutely. You know? Yeah, like, no, no, it's very true. Like you know? there's, you know, being Genghis Khan's not going to get you anywhere these days. It's going to get shot down pretty quick. Yep. So there's other ways to be that. Yeah. You, you know, you just be moneyed and maybe not be smart, but be moneyed. Man, you know? I don't think, I think I'm just, I'm done. I'm leaving my family, everything after this. <laughs> yeah. Fuck it. But yeah, then just think about those I moments and moments. I should literally just go to, I should go to heroin. I should kill someone. You Everything shouldn't. I've been thinking about. Yes, but then that's the thing that that's Killing what makes you. Killing someone on heroin. That makes you, that makes you on the other side though. The fact that, like, yes, sure, all of that, none of it matters, but what makes you human is how you function inside of that. Sure. You know what I mean? So you chose to do this amazing thing, kids, and do the, that route, you know, and fill it with love, right? Try. Try At least try. Even Trying if I is to, basically doing. Even if I have to create a character to do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's fine, because that's doing it. And that, what that looks like is, is that you know the character, but nobody knows the character. Mm. Everybody just sees Benny. Deep. Sure. That, that, mother, <laughs> I mean, that motherfucker's already a character. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I mean, he already is. You know, but they think, like, Benny's all right. Yeah. I like Benny. All right. You know they what I mean? Know. They don't know. They don't, they don't know. know. I announce it enough that people are like, hey, <laughs> right. he's not being real with me. <laughs> <laughs> That's <is> true. <laughs> it's true. But I believe in that kind of transparency. But that also, like, like I said, it like, doesn't mean that I don't like people. I like individuals. I just don't like humans as a genre. Yeah. But I do like watching them. Yeah. You know, and I've always been very observant or I don't know if I retain, but I like watching people. Jonah needs like nine hours of breath work right now just to get back to a baseline. <sighs> a day with Chris is seven extra days in the yoga tank. You're right, Jonah. Yeah, I feel good. I feel How's good. your spirit? Is it crippled? No, 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 no. no it feels free. Feel? Yeah. Good. Feel At this right. point in time, Jonah's had this conversation with me enough. I That's true. <laughs> It's not a and shock to his system. And he just has like listened he, to a lot of. I mean, how many times have you listened to "Humanity Is the Devil"? A lot integrity? of times. I, I yeah, have, I was going to say. I do, there's a lot I of do integrity a lot of spiritual happening. things, but I also have a, I have a very nihilistic side you as do. well. So yeah. I can sort of. You do. I like. I like that hearing both sides. Jonah's yeah, trying. Cool. I'm trying. Yeah. He's trying. Man. Yeah, we're all trying. Brad's just like Brad's got a lighter to the table right now. I'm just ones. like fuck it. It's just too much. <laughs> Yeah, he's done. We hate it every time Chris comes on. No, no, we, we, like we love it. We I love like it. You got to come back soon. But yeah, everyone buy Chris's book. We'll put a link to it in the outro or don't and buy intro. It, or don't buy or it. Or don't buy it. it does, <laughs> yeah, whatever you feel like. And listen, I know that if you think it's bad, then it's probably bad. But if you like it, then you have bad taste. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, that was wow. deep. That was intense. <laughs> that was intense. It's come up for air. Uh, thank you so much to Chris Norris for Jonah's coming by. Jonah's sucking on a doobie right now. <laughs> uh, please buy his book. If this sounded interesting to you, please buy his book, Hunchback 88. Google Hunchback 88, and I'm sure you can find it. Yep. If you can know how to listen to a podcast. Yep. Uh, shout Thanks. out to Abar. Yeah, once thank again, you for letting this us was record recorded here. at Abar in Greenpoint, Brooklyn. Yes, I also wanted to mention... Uh, Benny's band is playing a small, small show this <laughs> summer, uh, so you should definitely get, get tickets. What's the, what's the name of the show? It's called um, the Gubernatorials Ball, <laughs> and it's a. Uh, from what I can understand, it's a gala. Okay, sort of like a black tie gala okay. that honors. Uh, past and present governors yes. of New York. And I believe there's a, a couple other bands playing. Yeah, there or, is. Or musicians and or there something. There should be refreshments. Okay. 
definitely uh, get tickets because it's going to refreshments are come. Yeah, it's going to be a very intimate, intimate experience. So definitely, you want to get ahead of this one. Yeah, I'd say don't miss out. Don't I think miss. it's on Randall's Island. Yeah, um, it's so limited yeah. seating. <laughs> yeah, limited seating. Yeah. Uh, and also, uh, if you want to support this podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash going off track. Um, different levels of incentives, bonus episodes, fun stuff. Just put early, up a couple outtakes just recently up there. Outtakes, yeah, early out. access, and you can also go to Venmo.com slash off track if you want to shoot us a couple bucks. Um, if you don't have money, that's cool. Neither do we. You can go to iTunes. Leave us a nice review. So thanks. So thanks, thanks to Chris, Chris for coming by. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks, everyone, for yeah, listening. Yeah. Thanks to all the comments we get. If you see us out, we appreciate it. Um, we love hearing from you, and we'll be back with another podcast next week. Yeah. Hopefully. Bye. Yeah. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.